Enjoy your stay at Cloud City Casino. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, Mung Club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino, Episode 1, The Popping Menace. <laughs> Seriously, uh, sorry about it, guys. Had a bit of a popping issue that comes up, but uh, Ed took care of it. He was able to get some Wookiee hairballs, patched it up. Uh, shouldn't be an issue going forward. It's not my fault! Enough about that, though. Let's get into why you're visiting our fabulous podcast here in the clouds. We are now the official collecting and gaming podcast of the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Division, where you can find us at www.thestarwarsreport.com. I am the administrator here of this facility and your host, Michael Morris, and with me is my Wookiee co-pilot and co-host, Eddie Deese. Hey, everybody. All right, Ed, you, besides being a giant Star Wars fan are also kind of a giant man of a Wookiee. Like I was saying earlier uh, off mic, is uh, I just in my head kind of always just imagine you as Chewbacca pretty much. I mean, you personality-wise, you're pretty loyal. You can get pretty angry fairly easily. Smash things. Tear arms out of sockets. I do like to smash things. <laughs> it's kind of, even when you're not trying to smash things, you're smashing things. It's true. But uh, also, you're a giant, Harry. So that's that is definitely true. Yes. How tall are you? Six five. Six five. Yeah. And not not quite chewy height, but yeah. How tall was uh, Peter Mayhew? I, he. I want to say he's like over seven feet. Yeah, I was thinking he was like seven three. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that covers your wookiness. I guess. Anything else you want to talk about in the subject of your wookie ways? Hmm. I have not yet uh, pledged a life debt to anyone. Wait, does getting married count? Mm, well, I don't think so. Okay, either way, I have a Wookiee life debt to pledge. So okay. if uh, anyone out there listening needs a uh, Wookiee enforcer, just send me your resume, your qualifications, and... Uh, We'll see where it goes. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move into our subject. So, our focus of the podcast will be on Star Wars video games, tabletop games, merchandise, and the comic books. So, what do you want to get into first, Eddie? Uh, let's start with the video games. All right. So, recently, there's been a few games drop on the good old games website, GOG.com. And they're pretty much the Star Wars uh, X-Wing TIE Fighter games. And I know you have a little bit of experience, at least with the uh, TIE Fighter. I spent many, many hours as a youth uh, playing playing TIE Fighter. And yeah, it was, it was, it's, to my, to my, in my opinion, it's still the best uh, space flight simulation game out there and it's completely drm free and that's going to mean you don't have to worry about tinkering with your computer or anything it's going to work on your current operating system so that's really cool because my first star wars game was dark forces which is also offered and it was see i picked it up on steam and it's not great to play 
mostly because uh, it's meant to be in the the four or five. What's the what's the ratio for the uh, old CRT monitors? Four to three. Yeah. So it's that kind of makes it hard. But even stretching it in, it's just not it's not operating quite the way that it should. Um, they have it listed here for five ninety nine. And uh, I think that might be worth trying out because I still have not beaten that game. It's my, the very first Star Wars game I ever got. Um, up until I bought it on Steam, I think the third, maybe the fourth level, as, as high as I ever got in the game. And it was incredibly hard for me playing on uh, on a, on a uh, keyboard and mouse back in the 90s trying to run around in a first-person shooter game. Yeah, that's not the ideal setup for that, I believe, from from that time frame. But had a lot of fun playing those first three levels. (laughs) (laughs) I I managed to get through the first level, which was where you steal the Death Star plans, and then moved on to the second level, which... um, can't remember what planet it is, but it's kind of like a uh, a rebel. No, not rebel. No, actually, it was. I think. I think it was a rebel outpost that had been taken over by stormtroopers. And then from there, the third level was kind of like a. Uh, I don't know. Which, I don't know what you'd say exactly. It's like a lot of mud water and Dianaga. That that I remember all three of those levels. The second level is at like some sort of like water treatment plant thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. You have to turn the power generator back on to get the lights on in it and all that jazz. Yeah. And but it also functions as turning that generator, that uh turbine to basically be your bridge to get to the next part. Yeah. So that one wasn't very hard. Uh, I never had issues with that, but that Dianaga level really uh, frustrated me as a kid and kind of terrified the crap out of me. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what my age would have been on that. I wonder what year that came out. So they have it listed here for its original release date. looks like 1995. I don't think I got it in 95. I might've got it in 96, maybe 97. Somewhere in there, I think. I think probably 97 sounds sounds about right. So, let's see. 97. I am 27. That would make me... 8 years old? I'm really bad with math. I don't know. When, when were you born? Uh, <laughs> that may be the easiest way to do it. 1987. Okay. So, 97, you would have been 10. Oh, okay. Well, I was close. <laughs> Two years off. And I went under, so Price is Right rules, I'm good. Remind me not to have you uh, <laughs> Ever calculate our uh, hyperspace routes. <laughs> Let's get into X-Wing. All wings report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red There's a company called Fantasy Flight Games that produces all of the uh, Star Wars-related tabletop games. Uh, their biggest seller at the moment is the X-Wing Miniatures game. It's a uh, space combat simulation game. Uh, you pull, you build a, a team of rebel or imperial ships, uh, and then you fly against an opponent with them. 
The game itself is very fun. It's very easy to pick up the basics of. You get a a, a good start on your collection just out of the starter set that uh, retails for about $40. With that starter set, you get two TIE Fighters and an X-Wing. Correct. Uh, two TIE Fighters. Uh, it works on points. Uh, standard tournament is about 100 points. Correct, yeah. And um, two point-wise, two TIE Fighters come pretty close to one X-Wing. Uh, within the structure of the game, the, the generics... Uh, pilots do do equal out pretty close to being right around the same. The the lowest cost um, Tie Fighter pilot is is twelve points, so two of them would run twenty four points together. Uh, the lowest cost X Wing is twenty one points, so yeah. you've got some room for for some of the upgrades that come in the box as well to make it a an even fight. With that, you can pretty much you have your Rebel Squadron or your Imperial Squadron, but now they've released the third faction, which is the Scum and Villainy? Correct. Yes. Um, up until now, that it, it had been the two factions with, with Rebel and Imperial. Uh, now there's a third faction that's kind of a, a, a bounty hunters and pirates kind of thing. Um, criminal organizations like Black Sun are represented in Scum and Villainy. Um, the scum and villainy set is going to take some of the ships that already exist and, uh, convert them over to their use. And that's going to be in the, uh, which, which set is this? It's called most wanted. Yeah. The most wanted, the most set. wanted sets going to convert, uh, your Z 95s, your Y wings and your, uh, Hawk two nineties from the, uh, rebel side and your fire spray 31s from your Imperial side to, uh, the scum and villainy faction. So that that one's going to be the same price as the starter at thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, they're about forty dollars. And then you're going to get your you're going to get a scum and villainy Y wing. Yep. And then two uh, black sun paint job Z ninety five headhunters. Okay. And then on top of that, I know you get additional dials so that you can play uh, the fire spray. Right. Yeah. Right. You get uh you get an additional Y Wing dial um so that you can run two scum and villainy Y Wings. Uh and then they give you the the all the stuff that you need to uh convert a, a Fire Spray thirty one or a Hawk two ninety mm-hmm. as well. So the, the bases, the cards and the right. the dial. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. What would you say um, as far as the expansions go, which which expansion are you looking forward the most out of Scum and Villainy? Uh, probably the Star Viper. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the it's the ship that uh, Prince Shizor flies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually one of the pilots for the ship. It's it's a fun looking ship. It's got a cool design to it, and uh, the abilities on it and the the stats for the ship are are really interesting. And and the uh, the way it maneuvers is very cool, and now it has the special K turn. It, it's the, yeah, called the Segnor's loop. The it, instead of going in a straight line and turning around and facing the other way, you do a bank maneuver and then face the other way at the end of it. 
So how much do you think that's really going to change the game? Just that uh, ships having that one maneuver? The Segnor's loop is going to take some time for people to get used to. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh, an earth shattering thing. It's going to cause more problems at the start than um, mm-hmm. being very useful just because it's so new. Once people figure out the, the best way to execute that maneuver, then yeah, I think it could have a, a a big impact on the, the tournament scene for X-Wing going forward. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the uh, M3A interceptors. Yeah. Now with the most wanted pack, like we talked about, you're going to get two Z95s, which are going to be, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, they're ships from the uh, extended universe and they're kind of uh, cheaper, lower end. Well, they're actually the predecessor the, to the, the X-wing. precursor to the X wing. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're going to be sort of like closer to the ties in the fact that they're cheaper, and uh, you know, you get shot down, but you'll be able to fit more of them in your squad. So, with the fact that you people already have their Z ninety fives from Rebels, and then. Well, actually, they won't be able to upgrade those. I don't think they have them. But you'll have two of those in the Most Wanted pack, and I imagine pretty much everyone's going to be getting those so that they can convert ships they already have over. So with that, do you think a lot of people are going to be buying those M3As? They they serve different roles. Um, you're right in that the, the Z95 is, is typically the – the swarm ship because of the point value on them in a hundred point game, you can get eight of them into a, into a squadron. The M3A is more customizable it, mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the title that comes with each of them, Which um, is the, the, the heavy sick interceptor title. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives it a lot of flexibility based on what you want to get out of it with, right. with the ability to, add an upgrade of of some sort to the to the ship it it becomes very very customizable for a specific loadout to complement the rest of a team i don't think you're going to see a whole lot of people trying to play five or so m3as Mm -hmm. at a time you're probably more likely to see one or two of them filling a very specific role right I gotta say, I'm. I'll have to see what the dial looks like, but I actually, that's the one I'm kind of interested in. I like its, you know, I like the stats on that one. The stats on it are uh, two base attack, three base evade, uh, two hull, and one shield. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to the Tie Fighter, with the exception of instead of having three hull, you uh, you get a shield instead, which right. is. Makes it a little bit more survivable than the TIE Fighter, but I imagine it's probably not going to have uh, the same maneuvers. Probably. The maneuver dial is a little bit limited based on the uh, comparing it to a TIE Fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not going to be able to perform all of the same things that the TIE Fighter can. Uh, but the Z95 uh, doesn't either. And mm-hmm. and it and it does a pretty good job of being the the swarm ship for rebels and and now for for scum and villainy. So yeah, the maneuverability is is less important than than mm-hmm. the the synergy that you get from the ships running them together. Um, me personally, I hope to eventually be able to fly five of them together with the mm-hmm. 
the heavy sick interceptor title with the mangler cannon, which is a four point upgrade um, added on to the two point upgrade of the title and the 14 point ship comes to 20 points altogether. Mm-hmm. So five of them come out to exactly a hundred points. Let's talk about that title for a second. So that title gives you a choice, gives you one choice of three upgrade options. So right. we have the cannon upgrade mm-hmm. that we just spoke about. You have the proton torpedo upgrade. The There's, there's the, the missile slot, the, torpedo slot or the cannon slot yeah right the only thing that to me i'm kind of curious how many people are going to be going with missile slot or even possibly the uh, proton slot over the cannon i feel like the cannon's probably going to be what's seen in most list flying you're you're probably right with that uh a lot of people feel like that the uh one shot fire and discard weapons of torpedoes and missiles uh, are not the most efficient way to play the game. On the other hand, you may see people uh, adding on the title to use the proton rocket. Um, yeah, that's the one that I was upgrade. thinking that might could be useful with that three evade. Yep, it, it, that that could be that could be one that winds up uh, being really good on on the M three A for for a missile slot. Yeah, I don't see a whole lot of usefulness of putting torpedoes on that. Um, yeah, where it's really going to shine is is adding a cannon, whether it be the the new Mangler cannon or the heavy laser cannon or the ion cannon um, or the new flechette cannon. Mm-hmm. That, um, just depending on how you want to run the points on it, it's going to be it, the the cannons are going to be where the the M3A is going to see a lot of its upgrade points go to. So well, tell me about the Mangler cannon then. The Mangler cannon, mm-hmm. it's a three attack weapon. Uh, it attacks at all three ranges, one, two, and three. Um, it's four points. And the special ability on it is when attacking, you may change one of your hit results to a critical hit result. Okay. That's why that makes it a good choice on the, M3A because the M3A has a um, base attack of two. Mm -hmm. So putting a mangler cannon on it and keeping it at range three, um, you know, the most it's ever going to get out of that is going to be a three attack at range one anyway. Mm -hmm. So making it that it's always going to be a three attack Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the cannons ability to change a hit into a critical hit, Mm -hmm. which, uh, which works after you've um, done all your dice re-rolling and modifying, you can um, spend your target lock to re-roll or spend a focus token to change your focus results to hits. And then you can change a hit to a critical result after that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be very heavily used on the mm-hmm. M3As. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm definitely excited about those, and I, I like like I said, I'll have to see what the uh, that maneuver dial is, but I would imagine it probably sits somewhere between the Z95 and the tie as far it's, as maneuverability. It's really better than the Z95. It's mm-hmm. it's similar to the Tie Fighter, right? Um, but just not quite as good. It's probably somewhere between like a tie bomber and a tie fighter. Okay. So the tie bomber is not a great dial really, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, the Z95 is is basically just a slower X-wing, and uh, M3A is is going to be better than the X-wing dial, in my opinion. Okay. So. Okay. Um. Well, let's talk about the uh, IG2000. So that's kind of an interesting ship because it. That's going to be really interesting to see the kinds of combinations that people mm-hmm. come up with in in the competitive scene to to really maximize using the uh the shared pilot abilities mm-hmm. that that they get with the uh with the title the IG2000 uh aggressor title right so and now is that a is the aggressor title now is that a elite title or is that a it's it's a ship title it's okay. not an elite talent it's um or I'm sorry I mean is it a um unique title no no it is not Okay, so you will be able to put that on on multiple on multiple. Yep. Which my opinion is that the the thing if you're looking at getting that ship, you really need to get two. Just, yeah, that's um, that's probably going to be the most common loadout mm-hmm. for for the IG two thousand, and people have already started tinkering with. <clears throat> with the uh the different kinds of combinations that you can get mm-hmm. the each of the four different IG88 pilots have a different ability uh so figuring out the best blend of mix and match between the right. the four for your for your combination of two of them in a list mm-hmm. is going to be something to really look out for um there's going to be a lot of people running a lot of combinations of things. But now, do you see anyone flying just one of those? Because I feel like from the the pilot talents that it's it, they that ship seems uh, like it pretty much is is just built to fly with a second one. Yeah, I don't I don't see it being flown alone. Mm-hmm that much uh it comes in at pilot skill six which in the current state of the the game is going to be too low to really use the maneuver dial effectively Mm -hmm. um because most of the people that you're going to be playing against are going to have a lot of ships that are moving after that so being able to um use them in conjunction with each other is going to be the way to go with them. I don't, I don't see those being a great, uh, filler ship or just a, a one time use thing. Um, you're, you're really gonna have to use two of them at a time to, to get the most mileage out of them, I think. Okay. So I think that pretty much covers, uh, scum and villainy. Is it talked about the, the star Viper, the, yep. IG two thousand and then the uh, the starter packs. So um, let's just talk about uh, ships that are uh, lists that we've been looking at flying or, or have been flying lately. Uh, what 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 are you working with right now? Uh, well, I've developed a fascination with using bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main things I'm looking forward to with Scum and Villainy is the ability to use bombs on my rebel ships, specifically the Y wing with the new, uh, bomb loadout card for that. Um, but I ran something yesterday that I had a lot of fun with and was very impressed with how 
how well it did. Um, it was a three tie bomber plus a shuttle list that ran uh Colonel Jinden with uh an ion cannon uh fire control system and the uh ST321 title for okay. the uh shuttle and then three scimitar squadron pilots uh all three with um concussion missiles mm-hmm. and seismic charges okay let's uh kind of one by one go over that so we can understand kind of how that list works. Okay. Uh, well, the first part of it is Colonel Jinden in the shuttle. Uh, his special pilot ability is at the start of the combat phase, you may assign one of your blue target lock tokens to a friendly ship at range one. If it does not have a blue target lock token, um, that ability works extremely well with the uh, ST321 title, mm-hmm. uh, which is when acquiring a target lock, you may lock onto any enemy ship in the play area instead of the usual restriction of at range one through three. Right. So you can start off the game on opposite ends of the board, um, not move very far, um, take a target lock as your action with the with the shuttle. And then at the start of the combat phase, before moving to the second round of uh, maneuvering, pass off the target lock to one of the Thai bombers, who now has a target lock ready to go for their concussion missile attacks. Okay. And the concussion missiles are several different uh, missiles, uh, missile types in the game. Yep. And the concussion missiles are the ones that do what? Um. The concussion missile reads, the attack requires a target lock. Uh, Mm -hmm. You spend your target lock and discard this card to perform the attack. Uh, And you may change one of your blank die results to a hit result. Okay. It's a four die attack at range two or three. Okay, so that's four die and... uh And that that, that ends with four die? Yeah. I'm sorry, okay. And so... So that's four die, and you know you're going to get at least you're going to roll at least one hit on that. Uh, you should be doing better than that, but yeah, uh, rolling four dice, you're you're looking at an average of two hits unmodified, mm-hmm. uh, and then your blank result coming in um, should be roughly twenty five percent of mm-hmm. the. Um, actually, I don't know if that number is right. I, I haven't I haven't followed the I haven't got the numbers in front of me but but yeah you should be looking at like at bare minimum of of two and usually three or even four hits final uh final number uh even unmodified okay so you add in focus tokens then you mm-hmm. you get a a much better result out of that as well so okay and then um on the uh, the off chance that that you get the opposing ships in line for a, an ion cannon shot from the shuttle, that really makes it much easier to deploy the seismic charges uh, where you know they're going to do the most damage. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it. It's a lot of stuff that you're hoping works out um, just right with it. Um, but I flew this yesterday against uh, another another guy here in the area that uh, 
that's uh, pretty competitive with the stuff. And uh, he was flying three uh, TIE Interceptors with a bunch of upgrades on it. And I uh, actually wound up beating him and only losing one ship out of it. So it was it was a lot of fun to fly. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the future for, for TIE bombers and, and bombs in general. But... Yeah, it was it was a blast um, flying this uh, this setup, and and I hope to to get some more practice in with it. Right. And which uh, bombs did you say you had loaded out on that seismic one? Seismic charges, on seismic. Okay. Those are the two point bombs that you drop. Mm-hmm. Um, they act. They at the end of the activation round is when they uh, the activation phase is when they uh, go off, and all ships range one of the of the bomb suffer one damage. Okay. And, um, as far as, so I don't actually get to play as much due to the fact that, uh, the local area seem to be playing times that I, I have to work. But, uh, the last thing that I've been playing, of course, was the a list you actually suggested for me, which was the three dagger squadron B wings. Yep. So they are, uh, you know, they, they just have the four pilot skill, uh, with no pilot abilities. But uh, they have on the fire control system, which allows them after making an attack to then uh, reacquire a target lock. And then also they have the heavy laser cannon on there. And um, so that's pretty nice. And I've been trying to, to get better with my flying with those. And I think that's a really good starter list for somebody because you uh, I think it allows for a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, being able to adjust your positioning with the B-Wings barrel roll. Um, the fire control system allows you uh, the ability to uh, attack mm-hmm. uh, and maintain a target lock on that target. So you can use your other actions for for uh, repositioning if need be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty forgiving. Um, I don't know if it's in at a point now where it would be extremely competitive right uh, but but yeah it's a great way to probably learn the the ins and outs of the game to start off with however it's probably not the cheapest ship to uh, or a uh, list to get let's see you would probably need you're definitely going to need three b-wings mm-hmm. Uh, the fire control system. Now, do B wings come with fire control system? Oh, it does come in the B wing expansion. Pack. Okay, so yeah, so that's good. So basically, you could buy the three B wing expansion packs. However, you would still need to get the heavy laser cannon. That's the problem. And that's gonna, yeah, that's going to be where it's going to be a little more expensive because those come on the large ships. Yep. And that would be the. Large ships I can think of would be the Slave One or the uh, Fire Spray, the Fire Spray Thirty One, mm-hmm. the Lambda Class Shuttle, and then the uh, YT Twenty Four Hundred. Okay, the three ships where you get heavy laser cannons. And so the the thing you got to think about there, uh, like that price going to be a little more expensive for that. But uh, there's definitely some good ships though to add to your list that I, I would certainly suggest the problem being that the uh slave one or the fire spray is not in print right now the the restocks are coming they're they're yeah. going to be they're going to be out in the next couple of weeks for sure so 
I, I think that's probably the the one thing with Fantasy Flight is that they constantly seem to be in the state of sold out. Um, they're they're a small company, right? Um, they're they're fewer than a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not dealing with a company like Hasbro that has a hundred people just on its marketing staff. You know, all the stuff for X Wing, all the ships and and things like that are are produced overseas. Um, they don't produce them themselves. They they contract that out to 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 factories that that have other contracts that they're filling as well. So it, it really is a, a, an issue of when the factory can get it reprinted and, and mm-hmm. sent over uh, on the various cargo ships that, that carry the stuff over. Um, so yeah, they're really just a, a victim of their own success. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. They've had reports out that, so that's, that show that um, the X wing game actually accounted for, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% of all of fantasy flight games revenue. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's a huge, huge part of their, mm-hmm. of their stable at the moment. And furthermore, WizKids has now taken to using their combat system. The, the flight path system, mm-hmm. uh, the, the maneuver, um, system of templates making the different maneuvers and, a dial to select the direction and mm-hmm. speed you're going. Yeah. That, that, uh, that system is being licensed out now. So that's, that's gotta be great for them. Cause for one, that's going to be uh extra revenue for them. And, but also it certainly shows the effectiveness of the, yeah, the success it? of the system, yeah. the, the, the fact that it's good enough that other companies are willing to pay to use mm-hmm. this system for their games is speaks very highly of the, of the team at fantasy flight. And uh, in my experience, they do a great job with all of their properties, mm-hmm. uh, the star Wars stuff, especially, but all of their stuff is top, top notch, high quality stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can, you can rest assured that if it's got fantasy flights name on the box, that it's, it's probably going to be uh, an a plus effort. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, and now I purchased my first Fantasy Flight game, or, or my introduction was was the X Wing game. Yeah, mine too. And uh, I, w- I was actually incredibly impressed with it, and, and what you got for your dollar, to where I've actually been looking at some of their other products and, and seeing what's interested. Uh, you yourself got into the Android Netrunner game. Yeah, and the the living card game model there that they use there. They also have a Star Wars version of which you said you're. I just picked that one up, up. So so yeah, I'm excited to to get to to get to play that with you and mm-hmm. and see what what that looks like. So yeah, I think I, I played it one time, probably about maybe two years ago, I believe. Yep. Um, I, I honestly don't remember that much ab- about it from the time. But but I also played the – see, I just realized now I, I've lied because <laughs> I said my introduction was X-Wing, but I didn't realize uh, that I'd played these games. So I uh, also played their role-playing game, right? which I got to say, I had a lot of fun playing the uh, – They've got two brands Edge out of Empire. right now, uh, Edge of the Empire and Age of Rebellion. Uh, they also have a third brand – coming out uh, i believe it's called uh force and destiny mm-hmm. um that's going to deal more with that aspect of it uh edge of the empire um is more of the like outer fringes of 
of the uh, of the Star Wars universe, dealing mm-hmm. with like smugglers and bounty hunters and things like that. Uh, Age of Rebellion is is what it sounds like. You're you're playing as the as a various characters within the the rebellion mm-hmm. uh, fighting against the Empire. Um, but yeah, the Force and Destiny, I think, is called. Like, yeah, and and now from what I've read on those, they should all be modular. They, for the most part, yeah, you can mm-hmm. you can run them pretty close together yeah. with with very little problem there. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun if you want to, you know, you can sort of uh, pick your flavor and uh, build on that as you feel necessary. Yeah. And they're, you know, also, once again, you know, not very expensive. When you look at the the price of uh, role-playing games, it can really get expensive, but they're they're pretty reasonable on their prices in comparison. I, th- I believe the starter box is around probably what retails for about $30. Something around there. Yeah. And you, um, kind of get a lot in that, you know, you get your maps and your, uh, get your stock cards and everything. So, uh, like I said, I, I remember being really impressed going from playing, uh, Dungeons and Dragons to, to picking that one up. I had a lot of fun with it. I, I felt like their, the writers did a great job as far as, uh, creating the campaign path. Oh yeah, and uh, really making it open so that the uh, you know really easy for the the game master to uh, to kind of know what to do without being confused and not necessarily having to be tied to the rules. So so it was very enjoyable. Yeah, about ready to wrap this up. Yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Just just that we'll cover it. the the whole concept of the the merchandise. Like I know you okay. love those black series figures and yeah, I definitely want to talk about the black series. Uh, I really want to talk about the. Stage of you know merchandising as a whole right now specifically the uh, toys and uh, action figures and with rebels there's a lot lot going on a lot of controversy uh, specifically over the Hera action figure and uh, so okay. we, we can talk about that and then just to mention that we will be covering the the releases of the new comics as they come out we've got two titles. Uh, currently we've got a couple more coming out soon, mm. uh, with star Wars and Darth Vader and then the princess Leia series and, uh, um, the new series, the last Padawan, I think is called, uh, Kanan. Is that, I, I don't, know uh, I bet it's, uh, it's probably Kanan, the book is, about is Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's one of the characters from rebels. We definitely yeah, got to yeah. get you on rebels. You're a huge firefly fan. And, uh, I don't think anyone has has watched the show and and not said, "Ah, eh, this is like Firefly and Star Wars," which is funny in its own right. But uh, yeah, we definitely got to get you on that show. I think you're gonna like Zeb. He's the Ralph McQuarrie design for Chewbacca. They used for Zeb, and then they gave him the personality of Jane Cobb. So neat. I, it's a uh, it's great little show. I'm really getting into it, and uh, we can talk about that maybe a little bit. That's going to do it for this edition of Cloud City Casino. We'd love to hear from you, so go ahead and send us an email at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Cloud City Casino. You can like the Cloud City Casino Facebook page, or even find us at www.starwarsreport.com. And if you have the time, we'd greatly appreciate if you could leave us a review on iTunes. That way others can find out about us. Once again, scoundrels, thank you. And be safe making the Kessel Run out there. And always remember, let the Wookiee win.
Yeah.